The world's most advanced color correction tool for Mac just got more powerful. DaVinci Resolve from Blackmagic Design. With XML import, export, multi-layered timelines, curve grading, noise reduction, stabilization, 3D alignment, OpenCL, and more. DaVinci Resolve is available from $995. Current users can download the updates for free. And try DaVinci Resolve Lite, a reduced featured version that's still packed with power. Visit www.blackmagicdesign.com. What, in addition to the right equipment, does it take for the job of film editing? Welcome to The Cutting Room, the official podcast of AOTG.com, and this week, well, it's actually IBC this week, so if you haven't gotten a chance to get out to IBC, you're going to be missing a lot of exciting stuff. So, first off, of course, there's the super meet, and if you haven't heard, uh, Walter Merch is going to be speaking there. Hopefully, guys at the Lack Pug and Boss Pug will document it and post it on YouTube, but we'll, we'll find out soon enough. If you are going to IBC and you need to get a hold of those tickets, I don't think they're still available, but in case they are, you can go to supermeet.com. Now, the other thing I want to tell you about before I get into this interview is tomorrow we have sound expert Steve Giamaria, who also goes by Major, so a lot of people just call him Major. He's going to be answering your questions about sound, and he's worked on some pretty amazing sound projects. One that I'm pretty excited about, and of course this is very Canadian of me, but is The the Last Gladiator. And that's a film about Knuckles Nylon, who was a uh, hockey player in the NHL, and how he was essentially just an enforcer. And I'm looking forward to asking him questions about that doc. But he's also worked on bigger films, such as The Hunger Games and Limitless. And of course, you can ask him all about this on the discussion forum. So now that we've cleaned house, we've got all that information out, it's time to get into today's podcast. Last week, if you missed it, we did the Drunk History Guys. This week, we're actually sitting down with Paul Isaacs from Sound Devices and Video Devices. We got contacted by them. They were talking about IBC and what was happening. I said, yeah, let's let's do an interview. So Paul generously sat down with me and we chatted about how he got to where he is at the company. But more importantly, we talked about some of the products that Sound Devices and Video Devices have built. The one product I was really excited about was FileSafe. Now, unfortunately, FileSafe doesn't work with stuff outside of sound devices and video devices. But hopefully, maybe they can I don't know, make a deal with the other camera companies or something. But essentially it's a it's a really cool product that if your drive crashes or something like that, it has a way of saving your files. And we're going to actually discuss that during this discussion. So all the products that we talk about, everything like that, if you go to aotg.com slash sound devices, we'll have the discussion forum up there. You can ask any questions about sound devices and we'll also have all the links to the products. So check that out. That's aotg.com slash sound devices. Now, in the meantime, here's my interview with Paul Isaacs. Can you tell me um, a bit about your background and, and how you got involved with sound devices? My background, I first got involved with sound engineering. I first started my career at the BBC as a radio sound engineer. Many years later, I moved on to a company called HHB Communications, where I was an engineer and uh, of audio, professional audio equipment, and became very much involved in the design of their products. Many years later, about a decade later, I uh, ended up moving to New Zealand for four years, where I also started subcontract 
working as a product designer for sound devices and I started getting more and more involved with sound devices at that point and helped them develop the 788 multi-track recorder. My involvement with sound devices just grew and grew and grew and it became sort of apparent that I should probably come across and move to America and join them where their headquarters is based in Reedsburg in uh, Wisconsin. What are your, what are the plans for IBC? What is what is something we should be looking out for for sound devices? A few things. Let's talk about sort of like the new products that IBC hasn't seen. In the last couple of months, we've released two new video products, and these are from the Pixie series of recording monitors. These are a range of 4K recording monitors, very compact five-inch monitors that are ideal for monitoring and recording from cameras on set, DSLRs as well as high-end programming cameras like Alexas and RED cameras and so forth. So we actually um, announced those back in NAB earlier this year and we started shipping the PIX-E5, which is a 5-inch SDI and HDMI uh, recording field monitor. We released that product about uh, in July and literally a few days ago we released the PIX-E5H, which is an HDMI-only version of the same product. That's what the shipping a few days ago. Both of these devices make excellent on-camera monitors. They've got all the scope, they have exposure assist tools and focus assist tools, innovative features like tap zoom where you can actually tap the touch screen to zoom in to a part of the image and then you can scroll around the image. This is ideal for ACs and focus pullers to check the focus of their image. The units are very robust. They're made out of die-cast aluminum, and so they really can stand up to a harsh environmental condition. Although, apart from being like really cool and rugged monitors, they're also very powerful recording devices. So you can actually record up to 4K to ProRes codec, which is a universal codec, very high-quality codec. In actual fact, we can record up to the highest quality ProRes codec, that's ProRes 4444XQ, and that's a first for any portable recorder. Does that come with the SuperDrive MSATA? Yeah, that's actually called the Speed Drive. Speed yeah, Drive, so that's sorry. like a, a basically a Speed Drive, just looks like a USB thumb drive, and it is that, but it's way more. When you plug it actually into the Pixie device, it becomes a very high speed recording device. It uses off the shelf standard MSATA SSD drives, so they're available for many online outlets like Amazon and Newegg. And they come in all sorts of sizes from 128 gigabyte all the way up to one terabyte. And they're very cost effective. So a user can easily buy uh, an empty enclosure, which is like about 59 bucks, and then buy their own MSATA SSD from Amazon on Newegg and install it. It's a very simple process. And, you know, if they, if they buy these things themselves, it works out around $180, $190 for around a 250 gigabyte storage. Or they can actually purchase a speed drive fully populated already with drive from sound devices. So yeah, very powerful solution. And that, the nice thing about the speed drive is it can plug directly into USB port on any computer and transfer your files. You don't need a separate transfer station. You mentioned the tap zoom and, and a lot of when I've been researching on sound devices and video devices, a lot of it is driven by intuitive design. So whenever the company's building something or anything, how do they go about figuring out what the end user needs to be intuitive? So something like tap zoom, I probably wouldn't have thought of that as 
something you know that would be necessary and then i remember seeing it at nab and being like oh yeah that makes complete sense that you would just tap it and it would zoom in you know sound devices and video devices we tend to be very tight-lipped about what we're doing so we don't like to involve too many influencers (laughs) but obviously we do like to speak to some key people in the industry to find out how they would use these products in reality now that we have a history in both the sound devices field and the video devices field we get a huge vast amount of feedback from our end users on our forums on our facebook pages by telephone through to our tech support, through our meetings at trade shows and other events. We get a huge amount of feedback. And we do really pride ourselves on that close relationship with our end users. So we gather a huge amount of information about how features should work and what features our customers would love to have. And that is pretty much the main area where we get our main feedback. And what we do is we filter through all of that and decide what's possible in a particular size and layout and at certain price points and for different markets. And we take that information with our extremely talented engineering team. We're able to come out with extremely user-friendly, robust and feature-rich products for the myriad of different applications that our uh, that we serve. Are there any plans in the near future to add DNX HD to the uh, Pixie, or is that you're just going to stay with the ProRes? We hear that that request a lot, and in fact, we actually have supported DNX HD on some of our products already. It's uh, uh, supported in the Pix 240i, which is our first portable video recorder, and still a very viable product. Um, it has some differences from the Pixie, which still make it a very viable product. So DNX HD is in there as well as ProRes. DNX HD is also a codec within our rack mount video recorders as well. It's not in the Pixie. We prefer not to talk about our future uh, feature plans on products, so I'm going to keep shtum there. <laughs> Sorry. Not a problem. Uh, I mean, the hi- history will show that we tend to listen to our customers in terms of what they need. Um, but, you know, we, we really don't make any promises about things until literally they're, they're there. ready. <laughs> now, I was reading a bit about FileSafe, and I was wondering if you could tell me about, about that and how that works. FileSafe is something that we've been evolving towards for several years. You know, one of the really important things with production sound mixers and camera operators who are recording data to drives, you know, this data is extremely valuable. Um, if you lose this data in whatever way, and that can cost productions a huge amount of money, you know, it may involve a reshoot, it may require a huge amount of expensive post-production or ADR, you know, there's, it can be very, very expensive. So with our products, we like to think of them as mission-critical products with lots of protective features to protect against loss of data. And FileSafe is really just one of those features that goes towards protecting data. There are a number of them, but FileSafe is a key one. And what it does is, well, certainly if we talk about it with, with regards to the Pixie, you know, if in the middle of recording, if you were to pull a drive, say, for instance, in the middle of recording on a computer, typically that would corrupt the file and it would be damaged beyond repair. And, you know, in many respects, the actual drive itself could be damaged. The file allocation table could be damaged and possibly all the files that were on that drive could be damaged, which would be a disaster. 
So what we do is when we record, we actually record in our own, it's like a temporary file format. The video is called, it has a .sdv extension. We record data and we can update because it's a very efficient way of storing information about the file in the header. We can update that file header information very regularly to store information about the structure of the file, the size of the file, the duration of the file, and things like that. So in the event that, for instance, drive was to be accidentally removed in the middle of recording, or if there was a, an unexpected power loss, or even if there was just like an intermittent connection on the drive or something like that, you're not going to lose your data. Uh, what will happen is if you just pulled that drive, for instance, in the middle of recording, that file to all other systems would appear corrupt. If you then connect it back into the actual Pixie, the Pixie will know that that file wasn't properly closed at the end of recording. So the normal process is it records an SDV file during recording, and when you press stop to the end of recording, it goes through what's like called a finalized process, and it will update the header to be a standard QuickTime wrapper header, okay, so that any system can read it, um, like you know, Final Cut Pro or any um, Mac OS or Windows would be able to read it. The system knows if the file has been finalized or not. If it's still got an SDV extension, it knows if it hasn't been finalized. So the next time you plug that drive into a Pixie, you go, hey, there's an unfinalized file here. There must have been a power down or a power loss or something happened. So I'm going to finalize it. And it's able to basically extrapolate the data, convert it into standard QuickTime and repair it. So that's the basic methodology there. Another very important part of file safe is that, you know, sometimes the user takes their drive off before it's finalized the file and they send that off to their client, maybe hundreds of miles away. The client gets the, the file, tries to open it, and it's it's not a standard QuickTime file because it never finalized. So we've provided a free download from our website called FileSafe, which any post-production house or any customer can download for free, and they can repair their files from where they are. So if they end up with uh, an SDV file, they can convert it very, very quickly into a standard QuickTime file. I also want to know a bit about the 688 and SL6, because there's been a lot of talk about those in the last uh, couple of weeks in Particularly, I saw on YouTube you guys released a video yesterday. So I was wondering if you could tell us a bit about those two products. Right. Uh, yeah, the 688 came out earlier this year, and that's basically a 12-input, 16-track recorder. It sort of continues in the line of our 6-series mixer recorders, which was started first by the um, 664 which is really an analog mixer with digital recording added. That was a very popular recorder mixer. Then we, a year or two later, we added the 633, which is a much more compact version of the same mixer, which provides six inputs and is a 10-track recorder. That was more of a, a fully digital system with digital mixing and recording, providing a bit more flexibility. And the, nat the natural step was to go to um, a 688, which, again, is a fully digital system, digital mixer with digital recording capability. It has full 12 inputs with 16 tracks of recording. And we were able to, with the added processing that we added to the 688, add some really cool additional features, which, uh, number one, supporting super slot, which I'll talk about in a minute, which is um, the technology used in our SL6 accessory. And um, we also added the 688 architecture, allowed us to add Mix Assist, which is um, Sound Device's own brand of auto mixing. You know, it's a 12 input auto mixer, which is ideal for conferences and large groups of unscripted um, talent all talking at the same time. An auto mixer basically 
automatically gain range, adjust mix levels depending on whether mics are open or closed, depending on whether a talent is talking or not. So it can help to really clean up background ambient noise and clean up a mix. And it's, it's ideal for use when there's lots of contestants sitting around a table or, or, a, or a corporate meeting where it's very difficult for a single production sound mixer to handle that mixing by themselves. It can really assist them. That's why we call it Mix Assist. Um, there's a, a whole range of other functions we added to the 688, including input delay and output delay and higher sample rates. But the real key feature was support for the SL6 wireless and power power distribution system. And this uses SuperSlot technology, which is an open protocol that um, we developed in collaboration with some of the world's leading wireless manufacturers like um, Wizzycom, Electrosonics, and Sennheiser, and Audio Limited. And it's a protocol that allows the control um, and the audio interfacing and powering of um, what we call super slot receivers. What is a super slot receiver? A super slot receiver actually uses the same 25-pin connector that traditional uni-slot receivers use. Um, these have been around on the market for many years. They're like a dual-channel analog receivers that typically slotted into the side of cameras to allow a camera to receive a stereo mix wirelessly. And Panasonic and Ikigami started that specification. It's been around for many years, and there's quite a few of these Uniswap receivers. So we looked at that Uniswap stand and thought, well, how can we use that as a starting point and extend that into this super slot protocol where we are not only just talking about wireless audio, but also control. And so what super slot adds is the ability to interface audio. It powers the receivers, but also it provides for digital audio. And we've been working very closely with some manufacturers and currently the SL6 is a device that can accommodate up to three super slot dual channel receivers. It's also backwards compatible with Uniswap too, but if you want the full benefit of the SL6, then you'd really want to work with super slot based receivers. And Electrosonics have an SRB um, super slot compatible receiver, which many of our clients are using. Wizzycom have an MCR42 super slot compatible receiver. There are other manufacturers working on super slot receivers right now that are compatible with the SL6. It's very easy to use. You just take one of these dual channel receivers and you, you slot them into the front aperture on one of the three front apertures on the SL6 and the 688 will automatically detect them and then you can actually control them from the actual menu structure of the 688. The, the SL6 actually fits is an accessory that you can buy that affixes to the top of the 688. It's, there's like a ribbon cable that goes between the two units, and then you bolt the two units together via a number of screws. So it's ruggedly affixed. So effectively, the 688 and SL6 become one unit. Now, the big, big advantage of this is that it really unclutters a typical production sound mixer's bag. In the past, you'd have a bag with your mixer and recorder in there, and then the receivers would just be rattling around, floating around inside the bag and then you'd have all these cables running from the receivers into the inputs of the mixer you'd have all this power distribution cabling going on so bags could be a real mess of spaghetti so what the 688 and sl6 combo does is effectively remove all that spaghetti because it's all now integrated between the sl6 and the 688. There's no external cables running from the receivers to the 688. The SL6 also incorporate built-in power distribution. So there's an external DC port 
on the SL6 and also a slot for an MP1 battery. And all of this power is not only feeding to the receivers within the SL6, but it's also feeding down to the 688 itself so that the whole bag can be powered from these sources. So there's no external cables running off to all these devices. Not only that, but there's also like um, four DC outputs for powering peripheral devices. So you can see how it can really simplify the bag. So the advantage is decluttering the bag and the other key advantage of the SL6 is the ability to control the receivers directly from the 688 recorder. And the 688 recorder has a really user-friendly, large color LCD screen, very easy to navigate menu structure. And typically, the set, making settings on the receiver is quite a fiddly business because they've got very small displays. So this is another big advantage. The other advantage is that we support digital audio from receivers. If the receiver has a digital audio capability, we can actually take that into the 688 directly without going through any analog conversion stage. Well, thank you very much for allowing me to interview, Paul. Thanks right. for the call and thanks for doing this. I appreciate no it. All right, so that was my interview with Paul. If you're going to IBC, make sure to check out their booth. Of course, you can also check out Supermeet at supermeet.com. Remember, Walter Murch is going. It's always an interesting discussion with him. And of course, again, if you want to discuss anything or you want to check out the products we talked about, go to aotg.com slash sound devices. So I'd like to thank Paul for joining me in this episode. I'm Gordon Burkell. Thanks for listening.